Remember how last week I was like, I have trouble getting up on time, and I should do better at getting up on time. I woke up about 40 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, I got, Ooh, I got you beat. 25 minutes ago. Oh, yeah. I woke up at, oh. <laughs> we, we recorded at 9 o'clock, I woke up at 8.28 because Kelly's working less, and my alarm goes off at 7.30, and she's like, do you really need that alarm to go off at 7.30 every day? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'll turn it off. And then I forgot to turn it back on for for today, so. Um, but the dogs are crying for their breakfast, so that's what woke mm-hmm. me up. So, thank Wally. You gotta teach them how to get their own breakfast. That's what we do with the kids, and like, now they get up and they feed themselves, and <laughs> we don't have to deal with it. Oh. That's awesome. Oh my God, if you guys heard the choir of the cats when I wake up in the morning, my cats act like they've never, ever, ever eaten before. Every single time it's time to eat. They act like they've been locked in a box for a month. They just go, mm. bananas. Like, if my neighbor could hear that, they would think that, like, I was performing animal cruelty. <laughs> You're cr- Jimmy is a crazy cat lady. I am <laughs> a crazy cat lady. It's the three cats, the three cats that all look the same that I got last year. Those are the ones that act like they've never, ever eaten. Anyway. Well, what's been going on? Hey, did you guys see my new car? No. I I did. Oh, wait, no. That is crazy. My beautiful new car. Did you you see it? It, I did see it. So shiny. I did see it. My shiny new brand new Cadillac. Oh, my God. It's so cool. fixer-upper. Okay, so like I always mention, I don't listen to Instagram. Like I never have the sound on. Right, yeah, me too. You watch. And so I don't know the story, but I watched you like fiddle with it and get it running and stuff. So give us the lowdown. What's where did that come from? <laughs> so on the other podcast, I talked about finding. This is uh, everybody's gonna. Everybody's been asking me, so I'll just clear it up. I found a, a 1963 Cadillac in a driveway, and I wrote to the owners of the house because in my na- in my county, you could find anybody's name and address to anybody for any property. I, I never saw this property before. I don't know why I never drove down this road. And my friend said, hey, there's a really cool Cadillac. You'd be into it. So I looked at it, and it's a four-door Fleetwood. And I really thought it would be cool to convert and whatever. Anyway, it's been sitting in the same spot for 40 years. So I wrote to the people. And in the meantime, I'm looking. I haven't heard from them. and They never wrote back. But in the meantime, I'm always looking on Facebook Market for that kind of car, like a car that looks rusty and really screwed up just like that. It's like perfect. The body's like perfectly aligned it's not crunched or rotted through too severely and so in a in an impulse i saw this cadillac that just had just gotten posted it was a a seven a 67 el dorado a 67 convertible 67 cadillac convertible and so i just texted the guy and through facebook market and we wrote back and forth and i was like I said, will you take PayPal? He's like, oh, yeah, I'll take some in PayPal if you pay me a little bit. So I paid $1,500 for it. He delivered it. So because I was talking about that other car, it got me curious to just keep looking and looking and looking for that type of texture on a car. And when I saw this, it was a really fast deal. So it showed up and everybody's asking me, oh, is that the car from the front yard of the house nearby? It's not. I just saw it. And so now the, the car from the house nearby, I don't need that anymore. This satisfies that itch. <laughs> Okay, David, how long do you think <laughs> it will be before he gets that other car? <laughs> they haven't written back to me, so I don't know. Oh, you're muted, David. I can't hear you. Yeah. They haven't. They well, haven't that, got ki- back. that killed my joke. I said, when did we record the next podcast? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> so it's a 67 Cadillac Eldorado. I mean, I keep saying Eldorado. It's called the DeVille. 67 Cadillac convertible. And it's, it is like, people say, how bad is it? I'm like, it's a probably about, it's a probably about three weeks away from like being completely gone. It runs and drives, has no brakes. So every time I try to stop, I had to give myself like 20 feet to coast to a stop. And it, uh, the floorboards are completely rotted. Yesterday, me and my buddy Ryan, we ripped the whole interior out. We cut the seat out. You know, it's like, it's basically a convertible that was probably left open 20% of its life to the rain. So the interior seats are all moldy and it's been stored for a really long time. The guy I got it from has no paperwork. He, he didn't really tell me much about it. I think he's like a recovery guy who just like, Take clears out warehouses and stuff, and he says he got it recently, and he just put it up for sale. He says he got, he goes, I got it running. He claims he put the carburetor on it. He said it was in a warehouse. He took it home. There was no carburetor on it. He found a carburetor in a junkyard, put it on it, played with it for a couple of hours, and got it started, and put it on Facebook Marketplace, and that's how I got it. Huh. So it's definitely wow. has not gotten any attention. There's mice nests all over it, which I got most of them blown out, and. Uh, what? What's the plan? Are you going to restore it to original condition, no. or are you going to modify it? <laughs> no, 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 no. The whole no, floor no, no. is completely. <laughs> I just wanted something just to creatively experiment with, and okay, and uh, so I'm going to basically make it like a rat rod. I had a couple of themes. Tail is like, are we going to get it perfect again? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> that would take. That would take a lot. Yeah. <laughs> The body- it's, it's like a Fred Flintstone style. Like yeah. you can just kick the ground as you're. The body lines are straight. That's what I liked about it. The body lines are straight, so it's like a good bone. The frame seems straight, and uh, somebody played with the brakes. The brakes probably, hopefully, they just need adjustment because there's a lot of brand new brake parts. They look like they haven't gotten rusty. So there's like if you look through, there's a couple of shiny parts mm. in the car that somebody like me got all ambitious and then gave up on it again, and uh, so. The wiring's all horrible. It's it's going to be a nightmare. Like Patrick's going to help me with the wiring, <clears throat> and I said he goes, "Well, we got to figure out." I go, "Look, if we could just put like a row of switches on the dashboard that say, you know, left blinker, right blinker, this, and just rewire each mm-hmm. one." He's like, "Well, that that would be easy <laughs> if we just do that instead of China." So it's just a big experiment to play with, and it like I said, because it runs, I can get in and start it. It doesn't sound very healthy, but it runs, and. That's I think it half the half the battle. So, yeah, yeah. Just the fact that you can get it to turn over. I mean, that means you're, you know, you're further along than yeah. if it didn't turn over. There would be quite a few reasons why it wouldn't move. You know, and that would that'd take a lot to get yeah. through. So it's really just now you can at least attack little yeah. pieces at a time. And the funny thing was, is I went on I, the first night I got it, I went on eBay to buy like all the, the emblems and stuff for it, and then I, I did buy two emblems for about sixty bucks. And one of the blinkers, and I, I said, before I buy any more, spend any more money on this hunk of crap, let me look in the trunk. And so the next day I looked in the trunk, and every single piece of trim was in the trunk. So that's awesome. somebody got ambitious thinking that they were going to maybe fix it or paint it or whatever. And So it has everything, even the headlight, which is missing in the pictures. It has everything. Hmm. So I'm going to just fiddle with it and learn about hydraulic roofs. I might put my own convertible... It has no the convertible scissor top. It's called the scissor roof. It's all there. It doesn't have the hydraulic motor, which I got to figure out how to modify and figure out. But um, it doesn't have any canvas on the top. So I'm going to get creative and try and figure out something interesting, like an old tarp or something. 
Well, I was going to say, like, I mean, you already had the Fred Flintstone floor, and on Fred Flintstone's car, it had, like, bamboo that went up and then forward, and then there was, a like, a piece of canvas that came over, and it didn't convert. Um, you know, but if you cut a hole cart. in the back for, like, a, a rear window, air will go through, and it'll probably be fine. So, I would continue that motif, probably. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, it's just... It, I mean, that's just my opinion, but... You know, I'm just having fun with it. It's just reminded me of being a teenager and, like, figuring all these things out. I mean, that's how I learned a lot. So many mechanical things early on is, like, just wrenching on old cars when I was a kid. I would drag home any $100 piece of crap and start taking it apart and figuring out how to get it started. So, that's just my little... I wonder if... The little kid in me again. I wonder if this thing is, like, the, looking into stuff that you've always had an interest in is happening with a lot of people i mean you know because i've talked about picking up hobbies over the past few weeks you've always wanted this type of car you've talked about it many times yeah and you finally like looked into it two weeks ago i spent uh two nights on facebook marketplace looking for an old land cruiser not because i need one right. just because i've always wanted to get one and like fix it up yep. and it's kind of the same situation like find something old that really needs everything and just let it be the project yeah. that it sits in the garage that i tinker on from now on yeah you know and uh, I, I started going down that same path, but then it was just like, well, now's probably not the time for me to dump money into some vehicle that I may or may not ever do anything with. Well, it's funny. <laughs> I, my buddy, Mike, who will never listen to this, he's not a podcast guy, but Mike, uh, he came and he's going to help me with it. And he's going to help me with the motor. And he just looked at it and I did not see a smile on his face the entire time. He's like opening the hood, looking under the frame, <laughs> looking Ooh. everywhere. I go, Mike, you got to give me something. He goes, I, this is the idea. He's, he's like a total New York. He goes, we take it completely apart and sell the parts and start over with something new. I go, Mike, I, this is, this is my Instagram project. I gotta, I gotta make this into something. Oh man, this thing is, this thing's really rough. It's really rough. I go, Mike, it doesn't matter. He's like, you're going to put money in this. I go, you see, there's no floor. I go, I got tons of sheet metal in my house. There's no this. I go, we'll rewire it. I go, I don't care how we do it. It doesn't have to go back to normal. He's like, oh, okay, in that case. So I go, let's just get creative. I go, we don't have to make it perfect. I go, it's just, you know, it's going to be fodder. I go, it's just it's just visual fodder. I go, I do want it to run mechanically as well as we can get it. But it's just visual fodder and experimentation. I go, that's all it is for everybody. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> he thought I wanted to like make it perfect again. I was like, no. Yeah. Who's got the yeah. time for that? I ain't got no time for that. <laughs> but I've also been looking at perfect ones for like $15,000. So I am looking. <laughs> so I'm sure I'll end up getting a perfect one without any. Mm. That needs nothing except a, a driver and insurance and a registration. That's it. So See, okay. <laughs> I would picture you... You're like mess with this one. You do a bunch of crazy stuff to it, and then you're, you know, you're used to that big car, and then you're like, yeah, I'm gonna finally, I'm gonna go find a perfect one, and then you go and you spend all this money on this perfect one, that's beautiful, ready to drive, and then you never drive it because you're always in the shop, or you're always like <laughs> in the yard, or you're always in the blacksmith shop, and so you have this beautiful thing that sits out and gets rusty, and then you're like, oh, cool, it's finally turning into the rusty thing that I already had. In the- <laughs> No, so I, I'll tell a long, long story as quick as possible. When when I turned thirty, I got all I got all excited. And I bought myself a birthday present. I've always wrenched on cars like this growing up, and I said, 
<coughs> I'm going to buy the car I always wanted. I didn't have a house. I wasn't married, of course. I'm never married. But so I had a bunch of money in the bank. And I went and I found the perfect dream car for my 30th birthday. I bought a 1976 Eldorado convertible. It was 25 years old at the time, whatever the math is. That was absolutely perfect car. Paid $20,000 for it. It had 1,200 miles on it from new. I bought it from a guy who had a giant collection of antique cars. Dang. And this was like a, a, a survivor original that just was never used. And it was white leather interior, red exterior. So I had it from 97 to 2004, and I put about 5,000 miles on it. So by the time <coughs> in 2004, I talk, we talked about going broke a couple times. And to avoid going bankrupt, I sold everything. I was losing my money. I just everything, It was bad timing. My, just everything was bad. And so I needed to make money, and I sold the car to a friend. And my friend Peter, so that was in 2004, 15 years ago, my friend Peter turns 80 this month, and he still has the car. And him and my brother talked the other day, and Peter said, ask your brother if he wants his car back. I want to sell it. Ooh. And so there is a slight chance. I don't know. I don't have much $20,000 to waste on a car right now. So unless I made a special arrangement with Peter, like, I'll keep it for you, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll exercise with you because he is a, he's kind of he's I consider him a close family friend but we haven't we haven't been in touch in a while since I moved up here anyway so there is a very 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 slight chance I'll get reacquainted with my old Cadillac that has been garaged ever since and since he's had it he put like another 300 miles on it literally he has not oh, driven gosh. it at all he got all excited he drove it the day the week I gave it to him and then he never drove it again. He put it. He's he's a wealthy guy that doesn't really. He has too many toys that he can play. He's got too many toys. It sounds like you already have the bug in your head. Oh no, no! I, I, think it's always it. been it's always been in the back of my mind. But I never. The joke has always been, and like I said, Peter's got so many toys. His wife told Joey, she like has no idea because he's got so many toys. She said to Joey, "How long are we going to hold Jimmy's car?" Like <laughs> she thinks that Peter has my car, like he's holding on to it because I needed some place to store it. Huh. So okay, she so has no idea that he owns. And you're like, it. and you're like, I'm really sorry, my car's been in your way all this time. I'll come pick it up. Just don't tell him, and then he won't have to worry about it. And like, we're, you know, yep. no, that's the joke. That's the joke. Joey's like, you know, you know, his wife thinks that you just you you left it there because you have nowhere to put it. She doesn't realize that he owns it. I'm like, oh, that's good to know. <laughs> So That's anyway, funny. I don't know, but I'm in love with this model year now, the 67. It just, I never really paid close attention to it. I was always in love with the 76, which is the one I had. And now I, I love this model year. So I'm going to try and find another one in time, in time. Just no rush. My dad had a 67 Impala. Um, oh yeah. Fun, fun story. I, real quick story. When I was 15, I didn't have my license yet, but I would have to back the car out to play pool we had a pool table in the garage my buddy brian who sometimes listens to the show what's up brian was heading over to play pool and as i was backing the car out i scraped the uh the rear quarter panel on the on the garage door house part and uh for, instead of stopping i kept going so i put a really <laughs> long scrape in there and uh I was like, oh no. And I didn't tell Brian the whole time he was there. I just didn't, I was so embarrassed. And then he went home, and then my dad came home from work. And um, 
he's not known for having uh he he wasn't known for his 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 good temper like he could he could explode so i was so i was so worried i was so scared and i was like dad i hit the garage with the car as he as he got out of his other car and uh he didn't even go and look at it he didn't say a word he just walked in the house and uh, i was so nervous i was like what is going on what is he doing he's gonna kill me so i'm like i'm pulling weeds and, and doing yard work just to keep busy and and then uh like a half hour later he comes out and he was just like what happened okay we'll get it fixed so in that meantime, he went in the house and had a beer to calm down <laughs> and then came up. It was not the reaction I was expecting. And he wasn't much of a beer drinker. So, um, man. And then he, he, he bundled it and then primered it and then never got it fixed. So for oh, wow. 25 years, I had to look at that. And then when he passed away a couple of years ago, that car went to his brother and so now my uncle has the car and it's still not fixed. I just want it to be <laughs> fixed so bad. But it's the the problem is he looked at getting the whole car painted and it's like a $25,000 thing cuz you do like the inside when you do those cars you do the inside of the doors and everything and um I mean and it's a good car but those classic cars aren't as valuable as you might think the paint job costs more than what the value of the yeah product. absolutely yeah, yeah the labor on them is definitely hmm. it's all man hard. it's all hand labor it's, there's no nothing yeah. easy about it i've never painted a car um that's always been something that i've thought about doing you know like whenever i get like an old carmen guia i want to work on one of these days or a land cruiser or something like that like i'd it'd be interesting to try the painting process myself although i understand that getting a professional paint job would be a lot better but if you have a car this is just me being naive if you have a car and you take it in to get it painted i'm assuming correct me if i'm wrong that there's you can go get like the cheap paint job where they just tape off everything and then there's probably a more expensive version where they start like taking off trim Mm -hmm. and they start like disassembling things and that that cost probably no matter what the vehicle is probably just skyrockets oh yeah oh it's like absolutely Absolutely, it's and I've done it as a kid. I've taken cars apart and pulled all the trim off and painted them, and and that's that is you don't want to tape off trim if you can avoid because if it moves a little bit and you, then you can see, mm. you know, it's just and then you could always tell like a bad paint job. They always forget to pull all the tape off because the paint locks it in, you know. So if you have <laughs> tape on a piece of trim, you like take a close look, you see like a little bit of like whatever the color of the car is is like trapped some of the masking tape. Mm. Yeah, no, you really got to do it the right way. And it's super expensive. It's just all hand labor from skilled labor. That's it. Yeah. There's no way around it. So I guess I guess I just won't ever paint my cars. No, no, no. you could do it. I mean, it, it, the thing is, is this is the other thing I, I hope about this car. I have a couple of friends that, uh, you know, are good at one thing. Another couple of guys that are good at wiring, good at this, good at that. I'm hoping, like, we could do a couple of weekends and kind of do a community event about it and just get everybody in there, you know. Mm. playing around with it just getting it tuned up i have a couple of guys that they're already saying they want to help and uh so like last night i was playing with the electric windows going up and down with the power box so i was able to kind of jump the system and just lower i lowered two of the windows and two of them don't move at all so everyone's giving me advice they're like before you jump and buy a new one try this try that and so i was like yeah, so it's cool so i want i want i want everyone's opinion on this one i think i do maybe i don't never mind i don't 
I don't want to be speaking. <laughs> yeah, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> no, I'm open to help. So that's all. Just want to have fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna do steel. I have I have steel diamond plate that would be used for garage doors on like a city street. I have a couple pieces of that, so I'm gonna make that the floor. That was my idea for the floor. So and I won't put a rug back in it. There's no need to. I thought about so that way you don't need brakes because the car will be heavy enough that it will be able to like stop itself. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put a big steel lever in the car, so I'm just going to pull it and just going to scrape the ground. There you go. Yeah, that's funny. So I'm going to well, get, that'll be cool to watch, man. Going to get creative with it. Seeing. Yeah, I'm going to probably just do like vlog entries on it. Not really. I don't think unless I come up with something really cool that's like a cool concept that could be a standalone video. Like I don't know, maybe replacing the floor, maybe as a video. I don't know. We'll see. I'll come up with a couple of ideas. See, but in the meantime, it's really just going to be Instagram fun. Hmm. It's ongoing Instagram fun. Yeah, that's cool. David, what have you been up to? Got any new old cars lately? <laughs> no, we don't. Have, we don't have room for it. Oh yeah, there's a. It looks like a '67 Impala right there. Jimmy's showing his his phone. Nice. Yeah, my dad's was was white, and uh, there was some different versions his was not the ss and the ss had the uh the black vinyl top so he added oh he's showing the before picture and that was <laughs> quite the quite the difference so he added a black vinyl top to it and did all those other stuff he did all these crates like the engine was all just beautiful um painted i think i found everything. i found the one uh i found the one that you uh you sideswiped the garage door yeah, <laughs> wow. it, it looks worse than you made it out to be. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the one that hit yeah, the telephone he, pole. <laughs> so he did all these crazy things to make it awesome, except fix the thing that I did. Um, oh yeah. So uh, I started making a birdhouse. I uh, and I thought, well, I want to make it a mid-century modern birdhouse. So I came up with this kind of a real simple design with a slanted roof, and then. I was like, I want to add all these little extra things to it. And so I started to make it a super fancy birdhouse. And so mm. it's got um, the, the front wall of it is has a stone wall. Like it was plywood. And then I, I used some epoxy and some stones, some uh, like what you put in an aquarium, made a stone wall. And I put I bought these little tiny plants, these little succulents, and they're going to go along the side. So it's it's got landscaping wow. on there. Nice. And so I'm playing with it, getting getting fancy and um yeah and somebody's gonna say you don't need you shouldn't make birdhouses with plywood i go over that in the in the video yeah but um so it's uh it was supposed to be a quick fun project and then i i decided to get a little fancy with it like it's one of those things like you see the the model makers and they get super serious and crazy detail like i could just go on and on and on with it but you gotta you gotta stop because i want to move on to the next thing Mm -hmm. So that's, that's funny that you mentioned that um, because I had an idea for a birdhouse. I don't want to say it now because I may end up still doing it, but it's frustratingly close to what you just did. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But after we finish recording, remind me and I'll tell you the idea because I think it would be a funny little okay. Okay. next step. But anyway. So the, I, um, I'm working with a company called Make It Snappy Tools with that. And I was supposed to have the video to them last week and I had to send them an email like, I got carried away with the birdhouse. It's a little, it's a little late. I'll have it to you next week, and they're like totally fine. So, mm-hmm. um, I need to finish up that so I can start working on the fiberglass go kart panels, which is something I'm excited and 
worried about. I'm worried that I'm going to spend all this time making making the molds and and then it not coming out the way I want it, where it would be just easier to take some plastic sheets and just bend it. But that is what I'm working on now. I mean, so, tech, so your frame was painted for your go kart. It looks really awesome. good. Yeah, it's it was just painted with the rattle can stuff. And it just, it'll, it, like anytime I hit it with a tool, it'll nick and chip. It's like it's, after one or two races, it's going to look like it did before. That's the only way to really avoid that is with a powder coat. But it looks brand new. Like this this dirty old thing looks looks brand new. I took it, took it apart piece by piece and put it all back together, cleaned everything. If you ever get into go-kart racing, I can't recommend enough taking the whole thing apart and putting it back together. It's really nice just to know how how it goes back together in case you get into a situation and you kind of get a better understanding of all the mechanics on there and the and the steering geometry. But yeah, so technically, if things are opening back up, we're supposed to race next month. We'll see. I'm not, I don't have my have my hopes up, but we'll see. We'll see. Have cool. you guys done fiberglass? I, um, I have. Not really, just very little. I I have it's it's fun. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I um. I are you are you, between coats? Are you waiting like a full day between each coat? Oh, it depends on how. I would always work in the sun. The sun will cure it. If you do uh, like, what yeah. are, you, are you doing? Like a cow? Like what are you doing? How big is it? Um, so it, I mean, this is going to be a thing that's like three feet wide, and then just one one curve. Yeah, and then there's going to be a nose that's kind of like a triangle shape that has a. Because if a you curve work in the sun where it's warm, that cures it quicker. And then, like, if you can work in direct sunlight, and then also um, just kick it, kick it harder. Just put more hardener in it. it oh, whatever okay. it says, just add a little bit more and experiment a little bit. I always, mm-hmm. I always kick it hard. It gets super hot and it might crack, but. I mean, if you're doing a couple of coats, you know, the last couple of coats, when you're kind of done with everything, your you, you finer coats, you know, you can mix it a little less hot. I think my my worry is just spending like five, six days doing this thing and then not liking it and then going back to the plastic. And like, that was a big waste of time. So, but, mm. yeah, but you you would learn a lot about the process, even if that was the case. I bet, yeah. I yeah. bet you would still be happy with that experiment you know yeah if it was frustrating sure. the only time i've ever done it was on the inside of the shore trooper costume that i have it was all 3d printed so i made this you know the chest pieces are like these big kind of curvy uh 3d printed pieces that in and of themselves are not very strong and so when you try to put on multiple pieces of that stuff and connect them together through velcro you can get them on but then when you go to take them off you have to like put force against the joints to get them to separate and so the first time i put them on i'm like oh cool like you know i have like the armor pieces and then i go to take apart and i hear things start to crack and start to like separate because of all that force that it's not expecting and so i ended up having to go back and put down some fiberglass on the inside surfaces just to give it rigidity just to Hmm. help it not break the 3d printed you know seams um and it worked all right. I'm not sure if that's really the best way to do that, but it seemed like an okay way to reinforce a, a thin 3D printed material because it's not, you know, it's a really thin wall, so there's not a lot of support material on the inside of it, if there's any at all. 
um, that worked out pretty well there. But it was nice because you didn't see it at all. So hmm. I didn't have to be good at it. Yeah. We'll see. What have I been doing this week? I don't know. I've, I've so lost track of time and um, <laughs> everything. Our uh, kids, since they're doing school at home, when this all started, I ordered them all um, like a Chromebook, like a little inexpensive laptop. It's kind of all web-based. And they're uh, – I thought about doing it because they use those at school, and I thought about getting them for a while because they were all sharing one computer at home. And their homework was starting to get to where, like, they – you know, four kids on one computer is hard to do. And so, I, anyway, I found a good deal on these refurbished ones. So I got those, but then we have four of these decent-sized laptop things that we have to charge and have to manage, and we want them to, like... We're kind of overprotective about that stuff. Maybe not overprotective. We're protective about that stuff. So we're like, you know, this is for school. It doesn't go to your room. You can only use it in the times that we want you to use it. It's not like a free-for-all, here's your device, go run away with it or whatever. So I ended up making a... um, This is like one of the first projects I did when all this started. I made a, a... charging station so that they have a slot where they put their Chromebook and the power plug is right there always ready so they have no reason not to just plug it in so it's always charged and they need it for school and it was funny because I feel like I've been doing this a lot more lately I have a general idea but I don't really have a specific plan and I think that ahead of time that planning a project fully and like maybe even having a mock-up or a 3D model that's going to make me make it faster a couple of times lately, like the the last three projects that have gone online have just been like, well, I got a rough idea. I'll just go start doing it. And for some reason, they've been happening faster. Like the process of actually making the theme just, Welcome just to goes my life. really quickly because it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> it's not my life, though. That's That's not typically how I work. And so it's been interesting that these have happened really quickly. This organizer for these things, it's not complicated. It's plywood and like some a brass panel and some, a brass rod and stuff. But it came the whole thing came together in like 2 hours or something. And it looks really nice and like I'm pretty happy with it and I it's not like uh bare minimum. It's not the minimum viable product, right? It's like a it looks nice and I like I'm happy to have it in the house. It does exactly what it needs to do and um so it's a little bit different for me because I think a lot of times I will just spend a little too much time up front trying to make sure that I've, you know, thought through all the options or given every project a little unnecessary additional tweak or a little extra function or, you know, I just always try to add a little something to it. And this was like a, nope, I need a box that holds things that then has chargers so they can plug the things in. And then that ended up looking more than it needed to. It looked, you know, it looked nicer than it really needed to. So that's the the one that's coming out this week and I'm pretty happy with it. I want to add sometimes I want to do a project and it's so simple. I'm like I'm not going to do this cuz it's not going to be interesting for a video and I realize I don't think it has anything to do with being interesting for a video. I I need a little place to put my phone. Uh, on, on a little stand when I'm in the kitchen eating and it's such a simple little project that I can make but I think it's so simple that I don't even want to do it and I've been saying I want to make this little phone stand for like a year and it would go it would probably take me 10-15 minutes to make this out of wood if I don't finish it or whatever but I won't do it because it's not interesting to me 
Give it something you interesting. You you won't do it for a video, or you won't do it at all. I just I just won't do it at all. I'm like I'll just go out and make this thing. It's just for myself. I don't need to make a video, but I won't. But I don't end up doing it because it's not interesting. And I know Jimmy just said we'll make it interesting, and that's what's yeah. holding me back. Is I'm not going to do it until mm. I find the interesting thing to make me want to go out there and make the thing. Do you ever see those simple little desktop things where it's like a set of dice, but the dice have the dates on them, and I like the one, you know, they like one to nine on each one of them, and you could like flop them around for the date, so you know what the date is. But you got to do that. I would never do that. It would be like double zero for the rest of its life. But <laughs> make it the date that it is. There's there's not a zero on a dice, a die. Just throw that out there. But <laughs> I guess there's only six sides. But if you can pull it off, there's no nine. There would only be six sides, no nine. <laughs> So, you know, like little <laughs> cards that say the date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should find a way to do that. Or what I've been finding about myself is that there's a lot of little projects like that that I don't want to make a video out of. And then I don't do the project because I want to make the most use of my time, right? So if it's not video worthy, then I it's hard to prioritize. But finding... Uh, a little slice of time to go do a thing that has a utility purpose that's not necessarily pretty. It's not necessarily like difficult or just if it serves a purpose, going and spending five minutes and getting it done and having it out of your mind counts for almost more than having it do its job. Because there's been a few things like that and I can't think of a good example right now where I'm like, the thing solves a problem. The problem is less of an issue is more uh, the bigger issue is just the fact that it's eating at me it's still in my head it's a thing that i know that i need to do one of these days and so just by getting that thing out of my head even if it was just like off camera five minutes ugly paper mache whatever it's done i can let go of it and move on to something else so you might want to you know go for the lowest common denominator and in in the process, you may find that like, oh, this gives me an idea for a way to do this in a more interesting way that then maybe you could turn into a video later or not, whatever. But you never know. Um, I've been doing, I've mentioned this a couple times lately, that shooting all these videos by myself right now has not forced me, but has caused me to make them, to be okay with them being simpler and to be okay with them being smaller. And it's really interesting that the last four projects that I've done that I've filmed myself have been pretty much done in a day, which for me is kind of unheard of. Like we usually take a fair amount of time to do a project. You know, it's, it's a week's worth of production to get one thing done, but it's weird that like I'm getting two things done in a week's time. It's really good. Um, but it will be an interesting thing to see, from the viewer's perspective when, you know, projects have grown over time to a certain scale or certain complexity or whatever. And then all of a sudden they're going to drop down to simpler projects. I don't think that's necessarily bad, but it will be interesting from the user's perspective to see if they even notice that or if that maybe that's all in my head. Like maybe the complexity and the size and the scope of things is just, you know, the way I look at projects and not necessarily the way the viewer does. It's funny. I'm always worried about that too, but I, I did the, the shaper tool video last week. And then this week I published a video where I made these stools. I went from probably one of the simplest videos I ever did to one of the most complicated videos I've ever done. And it, they both ended up being about, well, one's about 12 or 13 minutes. The other one's about 18 minutes long. 
So it's funny how I'm still able to fill up the space with something that's fairly simple, like the mm. CNC thing. Um, but I guess since it was all about that, I devoted more time to it. If that was just a piece of several processes, I'd of course shrink it to 10 second clip. But the um, the stool video that I just did, uh, it was so complicated, not, not in a bad way. I mean, it just involves so many things. I used nearly every tool in the shop, but when I first did the Shaper video, I was talking to Sean over at Shaper and I was like, oh, I might just make a vlog entry. But then I looked at it and I realized I had enough footage to do a standalone video. And I expected a lot of pushback and I put it out and everybody really liked it. I mean, I don't even remember reading one negative comment on the thing other than the price, which everybody complains about. And then people complain about not the price of the machine, the price of the tape. <laughs> I'm like, unless you're oh, a yeah. production facility, there's no way you're going to use that much tape ever. But uh, just so simple, I've always known that simple videos, I, I, I expect to push back because it was a digital fabrication tool, not because it was a simple video. But simple videos always perform well for me when I'm just doing just a, like this week I have a fairly simple, I'm going to try and do a mallet. I want to do like a tent post mallet. So I'm going to go find a log, turn it on the lathe. Like I'm going to literally go cut a piece of tree down and mill it on the lathe and then do some blacksmith rings on the outside edges just do like a classic like a mallet you would see like a traveling tent traveling circus pounding tent poles in nice and just for fun it'll smash a watermelon or something at the end of it that'll be it it's funny <laughs> it's funny how jaded i am from comments and stuff because as soon as you said that i'm like people are gonna get mad at you for destroying <laughs> food wasting food like, <laughs> that's right if it's got food in it, you're wasting. This is. It I just. You just wrote. You just wrote the ending. You know, what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out, put it on a stump. I'm going to smash a watermelon, and then the chickens are going to come running over. And then you're like, thank you. There you go. Chickens eat. And say, I'm not wasting food. I'm eating the. Ch- I mean, Fe- feeding the chickens. Feeding the chickens. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna, the chickens. The feeding chickens mallet. Yeah. Um. Uh, I had something else I was going to bring up from that, and I don't remember what it was. Oh. So, what's the? Uh, he- go, go ahead, I'll, go ahead. I'll bring it up later. I was going to say, like you know, we talked about this last week, but like, has anything changed with all this? Like, have since we talked last week, have you gotten uh, different ideas about the things, the types of things you could work on through all this, or you know, are you running into anything? I mean, like, I'm running out of materials. I'm beginning to look at things that. I would like to make. I know my daughter needs a bed, so I'm looking at designing a bed, and I'm don't like the fact that I'm trying to design it around what I already have mm-hmm. because I think that will limit a long-term use piece of furniture. So I don't want to do that, but I'm still trying to, you know, avoid going out and putting myself in other positions as, as much as possible. So I'm just trying to think around materials, but I'm starting to go through my scrap and yeah. go through my. I have so stock. much. I have so much stock laying around. I got. So I have no excuse. Like, for instance, with the car, I look uh, to buy floor pans, and I'm like, what am I crazy? I'm going to spend $500 on floor pans. Once I started realizing how much they were, I thought it'd be like 50 bucks for a piece of sheet metal. No, it's like, over, way overpriced. So I just said, I'll just make the floor pans. I know I have metal around, and then it occurred to me I have the steel decking. I could put that in there and kind of make it a feature. So... <clears throat> I'm I, I'm going forward. I'm just working with what I got. Like this week, I'm just going to use some scrap steel to make those bands and uh, <clears throat> make the mallet itself out of you know, a tree in the backyard. And so that'll be fun. But 
I, I guess I am definitely looking around more and saying, okay, with, let me work with what I got. And then as far as consistency goes, I have nowhere to go. Nobody's meeting with me. Nobody wants to meet with me. Okay, I'm doing a live stream here and there once in a while. Or uh, I've been talking to a couple of high schools. Um, this week I'm going to talk to a high school uh, through Zoom just to do Q&As with kids. Those are super easy. I just go away for lunch, come back, and I'm done. So the point I'm making is, is I have plenty of time to be consistent to try and put out a video at least once a week. Maybe I've been trying to do more, but I just haven't gotten past my my schedule. So even though these times are tough in many, many ways, as far as the workshop schedule, and you know we're all workshop hermits anyway, so not much has changed. Mm-hmm. It's actually given us more time alone in the shop and less interruptions, no travel. And, you know, I don't know if travel is going to continue, but it, everything's been moved down the line. And <clears throat> some people are saying this thing is going to go on for way longer than we all anticipate. If that's the case, there won't be travel for a while. That means a lot of good videos, a lot of good shop time. So mm-hmm. like the stools I just made, I'm really, really proud of that process. I, I probably wouldn't have put as much time and effort into that if I had more distractions. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, that's interesting. People popping in and, you know, oh, I got to go down to the city to get my mail or one thing or another. I would have been like, I would have tried to jam that process and not into six days. I would have tried to jam it into two days. And so I took my time with it and it definitely learned a lot. Hmm. But, you know, I came up with a, with a better quality video, quality product. too. So I, I'm... But you, David... I haven't been to Kencraft where I usually get my wood. <clears throat> it's been over a month now. I've been just trying to work with what I have. And I don't like storing lumber and plywood and supplies. I just, I, 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 it feels dirty to me just to have things piling up. And that's what has happened over the years is just cutoffs and extra pieces are just piling up. I can't even see everything that I have. So I've been using what's around I gave away a bunch to my brother and it's nice to see the the closet area kind of just open up I'm like ah this is I'm getting rid of all the stuff this I've finished plywood from a closet project from last year like it's it's already have has like a coat of varnish on there I'm like I'm never going to use this like just give it away let somebody else use this and then I realized once I moved some of the bigger things out of the way I have all these small little exotic pieces and I'm like, I forgot that I had this thing. So I, I have all this beautiful wood. I, I mean, I've I've got enough materials to do small projects probably for the rest of the year. Um, and so I just need to keep getting rid of that. So I'm using this time to just organize a little bit better, not have so much stuff on hand that I know I'm never going to use. And uh, yeah, so... I I don't know why, but I've collected lots of veneer. There's something about veneer that hmm. I'm like, I can't use this. This is too precious. And I don't know why that's in my head, but it's but it just sits and piles up. And it's great for laser projects and things like that. But like, I don't need all this veneer. I should just give more to my brother or find a reason to use it and it's not organized it's just all stacked and so when i go to get something else off the shelf it falls over and then there are um, sequential pieces that get out of sequence and 
Sounds like you. Sounds like a simple project would be a it, veneer organizer. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I just I just need to get rid of stuff that I that I that I don't need, and now's now's a good time to do so. And I'm gonna just keep doing little projects. I think our stay at home order is gonna end next month, and so I think Dan's gonna come back next month and start working, and that'll just when Dan is here, the projects are just so much more fun. Because I'm not hmm. talking to a piece of glass. I'm talking to an actual person. And he's there. And we're not worrying about filming. I can work so much faster. And so I'm looking forward to having that, that rhythm back a little bit. So uh, I I don't leave the house too much anyway. I love being at home. And I don't go to too many events. But just the, the fact knowing that I can't do anything is really eating at me. Like... Mm. If there was no stay-at-home order, I'd still be at home. But now that I'm told to be at home, I'm like, I need to get out. I don't need to do yeah. stuff. You know, it, just that that type of feeling. But, I mean, no no new supplies, no new tools because I'm trying to limit when I do go out. I mean, I, I do find myself maybe going to like a Home Depot once every two weeks or, or so, maybe even more than that. But groceries once a week and just got a new truck that i can't even drive anywhere mm, yeah that's a bummer i went to lowe's yeah. yesterday to get get a because uh taylor studio she wanted to change the lock so i went and bought a lock like a, a lock set and i walked in there for the first time since now in new york state it's mandatory you have to wear a mask anytime you're in public or you know it with a, amongst other humans and everybody in lowe's is wearing masks and you see like old grumpy dudes like don't want to wear it and they like have it like hang it off their ear they're all annoyed and you know people that have like you know the n95 double filters like they got it all locked down they're like i love this i'm perfect it's cool and then me i just wear my neck thing up over my i wear it up over my nose and then i hook it under my glasses so you can't see and then my hat's pulled down so i look like i'm ready to rob the bank mm-hmm. it's kind of side eyeing me in case i get out of line just, i don't it's have strange one of the n95 masks so i have one of those like it's uh just it goes around your neck and it's a stretchy material that you can pull up over your i have similar things to that yeah and so i've been i've been using that but when i wear and it's black so when i have that and i have my black hat on i just it feels like i'm gonna go rob the place yeah that's exactly Uh, what i look like home depot right now they have a limit on how many people can be in the store. So when you get there, you have to wait in a line six feet apart, and then yep. they tell you when you can go in the store. Yep, that's exactly what happened yesterday there, and then Harbor Freight, too. And then Harbor Freight is funny because everybody's so grumpy because it's just grumpy old men <laughs> that shop at Harbor Freight. It's like like we go to like more, like, you know, we, our generation, like young, hip, like more liberal-thinking people go to like different places but you go to like everybody there's like a grumpy version of my dad everybody at harbor freight and it's <laughs> funny and they have like lines indicated with black and yellow tape on the ground you wait here you wait here you wait here and so the line kind of got bent around it didn't go down the aisle and so i came up and then like the guy and then everyone's wearing a mask so they're trying to direct you and you can't hear what they're saying because you don't see their mouth moving and so the guy's like oh you got to bring the line back that way 
And so there's the register, there's a piece of tape that's in the aisle, but then the second piece of tape is like near a rack, so you're leaning on the rack. So you're not really interested in going to the second tape until it's really your turn to go all the way to the cash register. So we were in line, and some grumpy dude walks up, and he stands on the spot. And then like three people are going, no, you got to go to the back of the line. He goes, well, look, there was nobody on the spot. And he immediately turned into like a six-year-old. And then he like was mm. so grumpy and groveling, he had to walk around like all the welders to come behind me <laughs> online. And the whole time he was groveling. And so then when it was my turn, I just kept my elbow on the, the welder display and I didn't step onto the spot that was the next spot to the register. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Because you know when people, if you don't close the gap in the line, people get grumpy, they're like, you're going to move up? You're going to move up? You're going to move up closer to the register? <laughs> And so the dude was behind me and I was like waiting. I was like, the guy in front of me didn't know how much something cost. So it was taking forever. And this dude was, I knew, he didn't say anything. I was ready, locked and loaded to be like, you know, you're not supposed to complain when you're online. I was was ready to be like, dude, what are you, five years old? Like you're like 70 years old. Will you relax? (laughs) And he had his mask on and he's like, it was like hanging under his lip. He's like... I waited online. There was nobody there. Just... <sighs> <laughs> but that's how everybody in in, in Harbor Freight is. When you go, notice Everyone's somebody like, uh, locked uh, I mean, him. This ridiculous! Is... Ridiculous! I want to wear a mask. I saw this, uh, a post yesterday, and. It, it could be fake. Who knows? But it was it was somebody protesting the stay at home order, and they had a sign like uh, "coronavirus is a hoax," but yet they had a mask on. <laughs> so they're both, oh, yeah. right. there you go. Uh, 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 odd times. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. Like I, um, I've tried not to go out too much. We have to go to the grocery store kind of often because there's a lot of us. Yeah. And, so <laughs> I go and get a lot of food. I look like a hoarder because I'm like mm. buying just a huge amount of groceries. And I'm like, nope, we'll go through this in like three or four days because we have a bunch of kids. Um, but we end up having to do that more often than I would prefer. Uh, but other than that, I've tried not to go to, I had to go to Lowe's one time to get some stuff and that was super weird, but I haven't, haven't gone to any of the other stores. Just been trying to use what I had. But I do think I'm going to run out of things pretty quickly that I need, you know. Um, and also, you know, I've been thinking more about uh, all this, I want to say free time. I don't really have any extra free time than I normally have. But um, I my time is maybe less uh, directed. So I'm still working, but, you know, I'm not as like, there's nobody else here. So I don't have to worry about trying to engage the people I'm working with and make sure they have what they need. Like they're all working independently. And so I keep thinking, well, this would be a great time for me to spend time designing stuff for the farm. Like I talked about this A-frame and that's going to take a huge amount of design and like getting a design done and then showing it to somebody with architectural know-how and saying like, what do I need to change? And, you know, it's going to be a lot of that before I can even make decisions about things or start to price things or any of that. Same for the kitchen. We're going to renovate our kitchen and we still have a huge number of decisions that need to be made. And I have not made progress on either one of those things for this entire time. And I don't know why, because that's like the perfect 
productivity that has to happen before those projects can happen. It doesn't require any materials. It doesn't require any money. It's just me sitting down and thinking. Fusion. <laughs> Make it in Fusion and 3D print the parts. Make it. I know. No, no, no. I totally, I understand, and I need to, Gotta but I it. haven't, and that's the weird thing. <laughs> Gotta do it. <laughs> I know I do. It's just strange that I haven't, I keep thinking, like, I should take this time to do the, that. That work. that could be a video on its own if you, you know, take the time to design it, then 3D print, you know, a, like a 10-inch, 15-inch model of it. It'd be great for you guys to have mm. to look at and, you know, access and talk about and 3D print the different parts. That would be a good, cool prototype. Yeah, that's true. It might be an interesting way to do, uh, yeah, a kitchen layout is to to actually like model it there and print out some little blocks that represent mm-hmm. you know appliances and stuff like that and move it around. You're going to do, do all that digitally you, without printing it. Out. Are you doing your kitchen over? Have you gotten to that yet? Uh, we are going to. We I don't know when. Right. Um, and we've for about a year now have been working on the design of like the placement of everything. Cause I think we're going to move a wall and make the room a little bit bigger and then add an Island. So it's, everything's going to change. Yeah. Like it's, it will be a full gut and rebuild, but there are so many decisions in that process to start from scratch. It's like, if you were working around one thing, it would be, it feels like it would be infinitely easier because <laughs> there would be one less decision to be made. But from scratch kitchen is just, it feels like an endless list, endless list of checkboxes that are all decisions. And yeah, it's so kitchen. We've been and working on that for a long time, and still, pain. don't I don't feel like we're any closer to actually having it. But you know, one of these days. Mm-hmm. Also, don't when I'll be able to afford it. I mean, a, a mm-hmm. full kitchen build is it's crazy, stupid, expensive. And then, <laughs> so and then expensive. you're going to be without a kitchen for six months at least. Yeah, yeah. Which is tough. I mean, definitely right now, I'm really glad that we hadn't gotten into it already because this would be absolutely terrible yeah. mm. if we were stuck at home for all this time with four kids and didn't have a kitchen to use and and had trouble going out to get materials and stuff to even be able to work on the kitchen. Like, ooh, that'd be bad. So it'll be a while, but that is definitely in our future. So One nice thing, though, is that we're, we're going into summer. I was going to say one nice thing is that we're going into summer is that just being outside – you know, the ability yeah. to be outside and get involved in spring cleaning. Me and Taylor made a garden thing last night. And uh, it's just, thank God, if this was going into winter and we were dealing with this, we would just, like, literally stop yeah. talking to each other. Hmm. I was, yeah. I'm what were you saying, David? Wondering, like, I wonder how this is going to change, like, television media going forward. Because you see a lot of these shows, especially, like, late night shows, doing things from home and the production value has gotten really good i've loved seeing the the progress like if um any one of the late night shows if you watch their first show from home to where they are now it's completely changed they got good lighting good sound you know um the editing's got better and then you see some of these um tv stars and movie stars starting to make videos from home just you know entertaining and they're getting good i wonder how like one if we ever go back to what is going, when we go back to the new normal, is this going to affect how TV shows are made and how late night shows are made? Because people are realizing all you need like, is an iPhone and an internet. All you need is an iPhone, right? <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, all these big, big cameras, and like suddenly it's like, yeah, like yeah. these shows. It's like all about what comes out of the mouth of the entertainer, and obviously the laugh track mm-hmm. is missing. You know, the live audience is missing. <laughs> but uh, I'm still, I, I'm sit, I watch Seth Meyers and. 
and Colbert and uh, and John Oliver. And I sit in the kitchen and laugh, still laugh at the punchlines. Mm-hmm. I have noticed. Um, so uh, Seth Meyers got good really quick, and there, all of them at the beginning would they would tell a joke. And then there would be this weird pause because they're waiting for the audience reaction. And then most of them got rid of that real quick and kind of understood you have to talk a little bit different to the camera. Stephen Colbert took a taking a lot longer because he still has these weird, awkward Mm. pauses after each joke, like he's waiting for the audience. Yeah, well, it's funny when Colbert does it. It's like those awkward pauses basically say, "I can't believe we're 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 here." (laughs) Every you know what I mean? It's almost part of the joke. It's almost part of like his intended punchline is Mm. that long awkward pause of like so i'm in my garage near my bicycle <laughs> yeah yeah but he made a video on changing the tube <laughs> know, on his bicycle how cool was that he was, he was being a youtuber yeah yep that's yep. funny it will be different for sure coming out of this from that perspective yeah everything will just go to youtube maybe mm. Well, um, you guys got anything else you want to chat through? Oh, wow, we're at 56 minutes. about nothing for like an hour <laughs> almost. Oh, man, 56 minutes. Um, well, I'll go ahead and say big thanks to our Patreon supporters, and I want to welcome the new people. We've actually had uh, a lot of new people support the show. We had one message, and I don't want to say names, but somebody lost their job recently, um, and then they sent us a message saying that they really appreciated that we were doing the show through this time, even though they had lost work, they wanted to support us through Patreon, which was pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for that. Thank you. Um, so that, but even, you know, we've, we've had some other people join up and, and we're really grateful for that. Um, and you know, a lot of people have had to stop their support and stuff and send us really nice messages. Like I've said several times, don't sweat that. Don't, we really appreciate it. Um, but you know, don't feel like it, like it's a bad thing or whatever. It's just, it's the way it is. But we are super grateful for everybody that does help us out. Um, and there's a huge list of people over there and we're grateful for every single one of them. The top list of supporters are Corey Ward works by solo Chad for man crafting maker and training fun kiss, artistic creations, blondie hacks. You can make this too. Odin leather goods, Jenny and Davis and Albers woodworks. But there is a huge list of people. Um, and, and we're really appreciative of all of it so um all those people at every level get the after show which is more of us talking which is i don't know we don't have any secret stuff i don't think but talk about something oh we'll talk about that birdhouse secret all right house. all right <laughs> that'd be fun um but if you want to get the after show you go to patreon.com slash making it join us over there and then you get uh, a separate feed that you can put in your podcast player and you get the after show separately so Hey, why don't we that do? That. Why don't we do uh, huh? our our lockdown postcards? Okay, they both. <laughs> we, <laughs> I, <laughs> Never mind. No, 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 forget no, 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 forget it. It's too late now. No, no, forget no. it. You don't want to do it. No. <laughs> no, I don't want to do it. You're right. We should. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> you grumpy old man in line. All right, you got anything to uh, to recommend? There's nobody in the spot. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about uh, the Art of the Build podcast. I don't know. Have you guys been on the Art of the Build yet? New podcast, mm-hmm. and it just le- it just launched the other day. I'm just reading the web page to make sure I say it right. Behind your the builds with your favorite makers, uh, a young man named Matt is uh, 
put this podcast together. I think he taped about 10 or 15 before he launched. So there's a bunch out there already. And uh, I, he interviewed me to basically, he just, he'll pick a video and you talk about that video for 30, 40 minutes, nothing else, which I think is a great idea. So, huh. the, Interesting. Yep. The art, art of the build from Matt Inglot. Inglot and uh, he's a young man in Canada. So go check that out. Cool. I have three picks. One of them is just for Bob. Show off. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my my first pick is a Netflix uh, documentary called L.A. Originals. Uh, It's these two artists, um, Esteban Oriol and uh, a famous tattoo artist, Mr. Cartoon. And it's just about their lives. This tattoo artist, he's tattooed every major movie star sports star um it's just it was so inspiring that when it was done i'm like i have to go do stuff i have to go create something that was so it's a really really good documentary if you're into art creating things at all very very recommended and the one that won't appeal to many people but this is a book called the arcade game typography and it is arcade oh, wow, fonts is cool. and, and typography. Yeah. Um, what a Vox, book. That's cool. Yeah. Vox did a video a couple weeks ago on, I think it's called uh, 8-Bit Arcade Font Deconstructed. And they talked about why game fonts look the way they do and how they came about. And they talked about this book. And I immediately ordered this book. And it's just, it's super cool. So if you're into typography and you're in the old video games you might want to check that book out and then the third one is just a tv show recommendation called devs it's uh it's a hulu show it's got nick offerman it's got our buddy nick offerman in it mm-hmm. and it's weird and creepy and <laughs> weird it's just like the whole it's, it's a very slow paced and it's, it has a very creepy mysterious feel to it and um and it's got developers. I, I mean, I, I wasn't a app developer, but I was a web developer. So there's this kind of like connection with that. So check that out. I've been wondering about that show. I saw a little thing for it and it looked really cool and really super creepy. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know if, I don't know. Huh. <laughs> Nick was really proud. <laughs> of, I didn't see it yet, but Nick was really proud of it. Cause he got to be really, Nick loves oddball stuff, obviously. And so he really, he really got to dig into that when he loved it. Nice. Um, so I have a, a show as well called Lock and Key. It's also a Netflix show. I don't know if you've seen anything about it. Um, and we've only watched one episode of it, but I liked it a lot. My wife did not like it. And so it's going to be a thing that I probably have to find some time to watch on my own someday. But I think it's based off a graphic novel. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, it's hard to tell from one episode whether it's like a supernatural thing or just a mystery thing, but it's, this kind of creepy unknown fantasy thing about this family that moves into this house and there's these random keys that open random doors and there's always something different on the other side of the door. Hmm. So uh, the first episode I thought was really cool and made me really want to find out more about what is happening, you know, what's going on. 
Um, and then I've talked to like Anthony who works with me, uh, watched it all. He loved it. I've talked to a couple other people who've gotten all the way through it and they, they're like, hurry up and finish so we can talk about it. (laughs) So it's, it's weird a a little bit because I, it, it's rated, I think like Y14 or something, which makes it feel like it's probably a teenager, you know, focused teenage show or like older kid show. But then watching the first episode, like it would scare my kids to death. Like it's it's not a terror show, but it's got some uneasiness in the suspense, you know. Hmm. And so I'm really not sure who it's made for. Uh, so you know, take that into consideration when you watch it. But uh, it was really good. I liked it, and I want to see more of it. So that's my recommendation. By the way, you guys reminded me on Hulu. My niece sent me this on Hulu. I did a show in 2006 and 7, actually 2005, 6, and 7, called Hammered on HGTV. It's on Hulu right now, 28 episodes. Really? Yeah, I get oh, no money cool. from it. Nobody called me. I don't, you know, a lot of people watch my stuff and go, hey, I watched it so that, you know, you can get some money. I appreciate that, but I don't get a dime. They didn't even tell me it was on. I have no idea. When hmm. you do certain TV shows, you just basically like your props that eat. And that's what I was on this show. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> that's a bummer. Also, a um, r- really funny way to put it. Moving hey, furniture. John and Jimmy Duresta. It, it is on Hulu, right? She sent me the screen mm-hmm. grab. Yep. Yeah, you're uh, cool. you're right there in the in the 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 masthead. Another lifetime ago. Yeah. I'm wearing weird clothes, and I have weird facial hair, and. A little chubby, and I look like an egg. It's a, You're it's definitely so heavier back then, yeah. <laughs> you look like an egg? So weird. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, I guess that's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Just go picture Jimmy as an egg, and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see you next, next time. <laughs> Love you. Bye.